coming up, man. I know. I, I know I'm getting sucked into this. I've been trying to avoid it and like say, didn't want to go to that conference, but all the cool kids are there. Well, I'm not there. <laughs> That's what I said. Welcome to Game of Nodes, a weekly podcast from independent validator teams. Welcome to Game of Nodes, a weekly podcast from independent validator teams. I d- de- January's yes. a weird month. January is just a weird month, isn't it? Especially in the Northern Hemisphere. Noel's just like, don't know what you're fucking talking about. Don't know what you're fucking talking about. Sweating his ass off. Yeah, exactly. The rest of us are just like, what is sun? What is daylight? Well, I mean, I'm in Melbourne at the moment. So, you know, the time of day and like, you know, it can be, I might be, well, it's sunny this morning, but it could be a fucking snowstorm this afternoon. You never know. You know what? People from Melbourne can fuck off about this Back yeah no they can't like every everywhere i went in melbourne people were like oh you're from europe the funny thing about melbourne is you know it's a really quite indoorsy city and we have real seasons here and you know in a lot of wet and you're like yeah all right i've i've had a look at your weather fucking chart online and it's not that bad like oh it's a bit foggy some days Who fucking who it's not Brussels, is it? It's not like a random <laughs> European city that doesn't have the Gulf Stream and just has like, hmm, in summer it's 40 degrees. In winter it's minus fucking 20. <laughs> yeah. Look, man, I'm, I'm not sure if I like your attitude. Yeah, I like Melbourne. We, I like Melbourne. Real just fucking like weather the narrative, narrative people from Melbourne push about like how wacky and crazy the weather is in Melbourne. It's like, no, nah, it's still good weather. It's Australia. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, like, it's, still, it's like California's being like, you know, sometimes it rains and you're like, nope. I didn't see the really sun today. Other places. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't see the sun today. Like, I haven't seen the sun in weeks. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, have you ever seen like when it, it it like attempts to rain in LA and everybody loses their fucking shit? And yeah. you're like, yeah. Sometimes water falls from the sky. That that is my single biggest beef beef with Portland. Portland, it rains like three quarters of the year, drizzling. Granted, but whenever it does, traffic goes to a standstill. People start stop driving. Well, like it's insane. It'll be like the lightest misting outside and just it becomes mayhem in the roads. I'm like, you, you, but you, this is how Portland. You, how are you? How many people have to deal with that like every day? What the fuck? That's why it's so entertaining because they deal with it every single day. And then like, you know, there's a difference because there, when there's a sunny day, everyone drives fine. But God forbid there's a little bit of moisture in the air. You got to be careful, man. <laughs> got to be it's careful. Like, uh, it's like if, that is, to be fair, something people in the uk say about like because di- obviously different places have different numbers of rain days but different amounts of overall rain so like the west coast is overwhelmingly the wetter one but like the further you go north like it because it gets colder it ends up being like this really you basically like walk into like a sheet of water but like really thin water and you're soaked at the other end and you're like what the fuck? I didn't even see that it was raining. It was just sort of suspended water. But then like further down South, it's like these huge big ass raindrops. They like hit you in the head and knock you down. If you're, you know, a spindly lad from the North, you're just like, what the 
fuck is this? What are these big heavy, that rain, what are these big heavy <laughs> raindrops? You know, like you get to the point where like after 15 years living up here, like I don't really re- wear a raincoat anymore because there's no, it, like if you wear a raincoat, it stops water coming in the top. But what about the water coming up? the under like it's just it's like walking into a solid sheet of water but then you go like down south and you're like oh i could just wear a raincoat and it would just stop it wouldn't it because it's just these big fat pregnant yep. drops of water just falling from the sky yeah that's exactly it's, right it it's basically that exact type of thing where portland is just like a constant sheet of, of water and that just scares the hell out of people in melbourne you don't take a raincoat because there's absolutely no indicator whatsoever that it's going to fucking rain when you leave the house but isn't it, it just, like southern Florida? Isn't it like southern Florida, where like if you wait ten minutes, then the weather changes, right? Like it rains yeah, for ten minutes, like and the next thing it's beautiful and it's all dry. Yeah, you'll be out like you know walking for you know walking by the river, having a nice yeah. afternoon. All of a sudden, there's just fucking water everywhere, <laughs> sideways, and I then really that'll be followed by some fog, and then it's like sunny again, and you're like, yeah. fucking hell. <laughs> See that, that, that? There you go. Right there is the, and then it's sunny again. How weird! You're like, yeah, sun. We have we have the other two except for that last piece. Yeah, right. We did exactly. that last one. You're gonna have to explain that to me. I don't think. I've <laughs> what the fuck is sun? <laughs> At least the I mean, so, sometimes it's just randomly cold as fuck as well. Like you just yeah. like you know, it, it might be a sunny morning and then like mid afternoon it just gets cloudy and fucking cold and you're like, what the fuck has just happened? But yeah, anyway, you know, Melbourne problems. Melbourne problems. Yeah. So, okay, <laughs> does any did 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 anybody else did anybody else remember that fucking TV show with the no. with the the fucking the, <laughs> just get us demonetized Quincy with the, with the Canadian Mountie right, and then he goes south into America, and it's all about his zany cultural exchange. Like he he teams up with like a hard luck cop. It was called Due South, I think. Which city was that? Was, was that Portland? Was it called Deuce? It does sound familiar now that you mention it. It sounds fucking horrible. I I have the vague suspicion that unlike Sliders, it did not age well. Late 90s. Sliders. All gross. Do you remember, do you remember sliders. sliders? It was just like, I do remember sliders. Sweet, I do remember cheaper, sliders, yeah. like the production budget was much tighter. <laughs> I Okay, now that I'm looking at the trailer, I do remember the show. Looks like it was filmed in Chicago. The uh, Adventures of an Im- Impossibly Upright Royal Canadian Mounted Police Constable. Dude, Impossibly Upright is a fucking awesome <laughs> set of definitions. That's fantastic. Uh, Welcome to Game Notes with the Impossibly was... Upright, the fray. Um, and his American colleagues in the city of Chicago. Oh, yeah. There you go. I thought it was in... I thought it was Portland, not Chicago. I thought it was Beverly Hills nope. Cop that started in Chicago. And it, and um, and due south was in Portland. So all my Portland references are clearly non-existent. Chicago references? Yeah, they turn out to be Chicago references, which, you know what, on balance does make a lot more sense. There was a big lake, now I think about it, that featured probably <laughs> in several episodes. Port- um, Portland's lake is much larger, <laughs> to be clear. What is Portland's lake? Portland has a lake too. Yeah. Uh, the lake. The Pacific really. Ocean. <laughs> the Pacific oh, Ocean. Okay. <laughs> well, that doesn't, doesn't fucking count. We're talking about a lake lake, like, like a lake. There's no lake in Portland, is there? Well, I didn't think there was a lake in Portland. Oh, Technically, okay. there's Lake Oswego, but there's like some iffiness there. Like it's illegal to actually be on the lake because it's like a rich county and people like it. It's a whole thing. So they're yet. Yes. Really? No. Yeah. They don't want people like no boaters and such. Yeah, no, it's really interesting. So Lake Oswego is, I think, one of the one of the one of the 
richest cities in the US. And so what they did in Oregon, all waterways um, are public property. And so what we got yeah. around that was they purchased all the land, the city that purchased all the land around the lake and leases it for houses so that the public can't actually go to the lake and you can be arrested for it. There's a couple articles online about it. Sweet. So it's like we Sweet. don't we don't want any peasants here, guys. Dude, nothing nothing ruins nature like fucking rich people. I tell you what, they are yeah, fucking awesome right. at it. Just lock it down. Hey, so uh, I keep mentioning this every fucking week, but uh, could your archive node? No, F- Fargo. Fargo <laughs> finished this week. The, the the latest Fargo season finished this week. Man, yeah. I don't know if you. It, it is. It was a fucking good season. I loved it. It was fantastic. Probably one of their best. Watch it. It's good. I have heard. How's your Kajir yeah, archive known? How's your Kajir archive known saga going? I still, we, I, mean, I, fucking, I still haven't done time, the refund yet. Long, Man, this long fucking time guy. listeners want to know. Fuck me. There was like <laughs> all of your delegators listen to this podcast. Oh, any of my get delegators who give a fuck have left anyway. So like, they're probably on this podcast. <laughs> you, you know, oh, I. How is it? Uh, mm. How is it so impossible to find a, a an archive on Kajira? Like, Doesn't exist. Tune in next week. Tune in next exist. week when we find out if Null find a Kajira archive node. Doesn't exist. So I asked how. Exist. So the, the person who is syncing one, I asked how fast it was going, and it's like half the speed of the network. I see, you know, it's not going to catch up, right? Now. says, "I don't delegate the king nodes. I don't want to be slashed." Good, good advice coming from the comments. <laughs> <laughs> Of our long-time listeners. Fucking hell. That probably, uh, probably just cost me 5% of my business. Thanks. <laughs> Deleting this episode. Nobody nobody watches this episode. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, the most random people tell me they watch this show. I was like, I, mean, I was having a meeting with someone yesterday, and they're like, oh, yeah, we watch your show every now and then. So what the fuck are you talking about? And they're like, yeah, game of news. Am I, the only, uh, am I the only one left on Mars? As in, like... <laughs> Has I think I'm not- still on Mars. I think the lavender's still on Mars because we were, we're, uh, it, you know, <laughs> a tiny organization such as ours. Uh, obviously, decision I have, I don't have Erterman or anybody else clever in the organization full time to bounce ideas off of. So, the uh, I was staring at that server bill, uh, it's on a yearly um cycle the other day when we were doing an audit and I was just thinking, is Mars going to come back in the next 12 months? Is Mars ever going to be anything really? Was Mars ever anything? Well, <laughs> okay. So I also worked out. Come uh, back while, from what? Where'd it while, go? While, while doing the audit <laughs> thing, right? I, I think the, the Cosmos chain we would turn off last on would probably be Stargaze, right? They, I think have the best product and best team. In terms of just shipping features, um, uh, but <laughs> when when one does some some mathematics about whether or not we've made money on that chain, look, uh, I think a, a good validator just, doesn't do math. Well, sure, <laughs> <laughs> it looks like we are just about in the black, especially since replatforming off of AWS. You know, over a year ago now, and blah 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 like we've done a bunch of stuff that has set us up on a lower cost basis but even then we're not we're not pulling um any uh rewards 
in the current market doesn't make sense to hang on to stuff doesn't really make sense to compound create taxing tax events and whatnot so we are like i would i just i just like i'm not good at excel i really need to i'm not good with spreadsheets and whatnot but i just put it on a chart and you can literally see like the time converging or when it starts to lose money and you're like oh boy we are not good at this business business aren't we like validation sometimes you're like literally i think when the price converged on osmosis in that period because there was like a it wasn't like a pre-mine it was kind of like a pre-mine before the osmosis pair settled right because staking was on as soon as the chain launched i think we sold that chunk and i think that that that's been our profit basis on that chain ever since we've just been eating we've just been living off that I think the other three of us here are all just sitting here thinking to ourselves, you have time to chart shit coins. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can tell you at the current high of Mars's price right now, because it is something of a a local high, I will make $690 gross profit off of Mars. Well, that's not even profit. Gross income. Gross income. What, for selling all your tokens? For selling every single one, every single per, stake per reward. month, per year, per year. Oh, <laughs> so over <laughs> like, there we go, people. <laughs> there we go. As long as you're running on like a Raspberry Pi, you could maybe take your wife out to dinner. Yeah, exactly. Wow, that's that's not profit though, is it? That's that's not profit. <laughs> that, that's why I corrected that. This isn't profit. Hundred dollars of a Raspberry Pi. Come on, I'm working. Sell on all the tokens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're probably making a, a three thousand dollar loss. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah yeah uh well you know someone Speak- has to pay for the network don't they if it's not the users it's the validators but speaking of coins we both i, I found out this week i know we we're we've been running odin protocol for a long time we were talking about this in the chat and um it's been for a while i i almost forgot that it was running because it's been running on like a vm structure in our dc that like it's been fine. It's been quiet. Like it's monitored, but it's not doing anything. We haven't had upgrade in like a year and a half or maybe more. I don't even know. It's been a long time. And then I was informed that number one, there was an upgrade going on or not upgrade, but they're re- regenerating and all that kind of stuff. They're doing a massive type of change. And I also recognize that the last time I looked at the price of Odin was 0.0007. I think three zeros, I think is what it was. And now it's like 29 cents. <laughs> and <laughs> Completely, I had no idea. I've never even pulled. I've never even pulled rewards on that validator, ever, ever. Back in the black, baby. <laughs> it's yeah. It, it went to you one never of our know. most profitable uh, networks, right? Quick. <laughs> Why didn't you say something? Which is so sad. Which is so sad. Well, you're. I'm, like, I, I'm really. I, I'm really low in VP, but honestly, I, I, I don't even know what's in. I, well, the chain's dead right now. I can't look, but I don't even know what's even in the wallet. I have no idea. So yeah, there you go. Stake with Rhino. Never look at what is in the Shilty, wall. Just let, did, let it run forever. Shilty, did you just say it's one of your most profitable chains? Isn't that sad? Out of the 50 or so networks that we're on, 50, uh, 60 <laughs> maybe now, it's it's probably in the top 10 or so. Oh my God. Well, that's the case for, that's the case for running a shitload is they all spike at different times. And so every one, right? Every, a few times a year, you have winners that you're not expecting are going to be winners. Saying the phrase 60 chains there gave me anxiety i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure schultz runs more than 60 chains that was i was lowballing it there well that's just main nets if we include test nets then <laughs> jesus god there you go <laughs> i don't yeah. even want to yeah. know there you go 
Oh, God, that's just, yeah, fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Polkachu's running 400, and this is like, huh? What? Logan's running the show, like, too many. Yeah. Pokachu could never leave the house. How does he get his food? Like, or does he intravenously fucking. Dr. Chu orders out. Yeah. Big flex from Lav. I don't understand how Pokachu doesn't run Horcrux with all that he runs. Like, I think that my stress level would just always be so high if I didn't run Horcrux. I could panic. Good answerable. I only, I only, I don't run it on all. I run it on most, but not on all. But like it does. But it's good answerable. Like you're, you're controlling state. You know, like I understand. Like I would. I've never worried about double signing in these situations. I, I have fucking PTSD just with like the fourteen chains I run with that noise that comes out of page duty. Cuts fuck. It cuts through my sleep like butter. And every time I hear it, it just I die just a little bit. And I could, <laughs> and it it goes off enough with fourteen main nets. I could imagine how fucking dead I would be if I had fifty networks running. Just I'd be walking around crying all the time. <laughs> I was watching something recently, and the page do sound went off in the show, and I immediately like, what's that? What? what? There's what? a disturbance <laughs> in the forest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I had a thing where my ringtone went, and, and bear in mind, like our peak was like seven mainnets, so even less than null. Um, I had a thing where the special tone, which used to be the Juno mainnet, has has had an issue. Um, notification went off, and basically somebody it was, it was in I was in work. Um, somebody came in and asked me a question. I was just like, what, what, what the fuck? And then I was like, Jesus, that is actual PTSD. <laughs> You're like, it, and it turned out I just, it was because it was after I had my phone. So it was just a new phone. That was just the default message tone. It wasn't a special tone, but I just had like a shout at somebody because they interrupted me realizing that everything was fucked. And then being like, oh no, it's literally a text saying your parcel has arrived. <laughs> and then I had funny. to like, had to like apologize and go out and get cookies. I was like, sorry, uh, that just triggered a really stressful memory for me. And I was a massive dick. I'm going to go buy cookies. Uh, it's an interesting, like apology strategy. Cookies. Uh, if you've, if you work in the same shared office for like over half a decade, like, um, and, and none of you like work on exactly this. Like there's some people who work for the same companies or work together or whatever, but mainly it's just, uh, you know, people that have decided they, they want to keep working with the same group of people. Um, you know, there's uh, people, people pick up your lunch for you when you're having a bad day and, and bring it back and, you know, bring coffees and yada 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 so kind of like being a prick and like somebody like ask you a nice question while your phone's going off and you're like what what the fuck do you want man uh like it's very much like a, a contravention of the no dickheads policy so so british <laughs> what uh what? that's funny huh what huh? Um, what? Oh? so uh man i'll tell you what contabo had these new Ryzen 9 servers and I was all excited Ooh. and I ordered a fucking heap of them. Contabo. Contabo? Contabo? I don't know. Did you say Contabo? Contabo. I'm pretty sure it's Contabo. 
Yeah. That's Contabo. what I would go to, Contabo. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the em- wrong emphasis, but yeah. Okay, anyway. Yeah, so, okay, I, I, also thought, I also thought Aleo, so what the fuck do I know? I'm constantly putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Syllable. So, um, it's, it's still a stupid It's such a fine line between stupid and, and clever. Yeah, it's just a little turnabout. Anyway, I was quite excited about these bloody things, and now I just... Wait, what's wrong? Fucking, so the, the delivery just keeps getting put out and out and out. I don't think they're ever going to deliver these things. I was so focused on your pronunciation, I forgot what the problem was. What what you ordered some new? They had some what Ryzen or something. So like they that. had some they had some new Ryzen nine servers. I wanted to try out, and they're all in Asia, yeah. and they've got like thirty five terabytes of you know outbound. Mm. And I was like, this is going to suit me down to the ground. And yeah, they're just never getting delivered. Ordered them probably like. At least three weeks ago now. So, oh, cancel. Delivery days yeah. keep going out and out and out and out. I'll keep them. I'll see when they get right. delivered. They might least, be good. Ryzen's are showing up everywhere, and like we've been really competitive pricing on a bunch of stuff right now, which has been really nice. Um, so, like Tyann have got just like Ryzen rack mount shit now. So I think people are just mm-hmm. slamming that yeah. into racks. Yeah, I mean, yeah. why not? They're they're consumer chips, but they're fucking they're pretty good. They, like, I mean, they've been extremely stable for us, right? Like, we haven't any issues with that type of stuff. The the bang for buck is good, really good, and they're fast chips. Like mm-hmm. the the clock speeds are fast, and I don't think like many people realize, but that actually makes a difference on Cosmos chains having fast mm-hmm. threads. Um, sure so does. you know, having shitloads of threads is one thing, but having fast threads is like another thing. And if you're running something like injective, fast threads matter. Um, fast threads yeah. and disk IO really matter on injective and people are like, I've got fucking 60 cores, man. Why, why yeah, is this thing it. struggling? Right. Because your fucking one cores point. are like one, one megahertz. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It takes I got, forever I got to do one got a hundred cores on fucking AWS. I spent 40 grand a month. <laughs> <laughs> but they're slow as shit. Well, they're just oh using God. the wrong fucking type, aren't they? You know, they should be using C's. Yeah, man, C's. No one here knows anything yeah. about AWS, bud. <laughs> no, they should be using C's. <laughs> Don't worry. I understand. I got you. <laughs> like, uh, if you're going to spend your money, at least spend it on the right fucking thing. That's that's all I'm saying. <laughs> like, uh, I feel like such a dickhead when people like, ask me for help with something and they're like, yeah, I'm running an AWS, whatever instance, or they just tell me the instance name and assume that I know it's AWS. I'm like, do you get on your, do you get your, your bare metal high horse and just look down upon them? Like look down your nose at them. Get on, I get on Google and quickly Google. So so I don't look like dickhead. (laughs) I'm like, what is this fucking thing? What is this? Then, and then yeah. you open the, the, the dictionary and then you turn to the page that says dinosaur and then there's like a picture of you, like a bare metal <laughs> server. Hey, now. Data it's, like when, it's like when people come at me with um, Kubernetes as well. I'm just like, I, don't know, I, we, I know Kubernetes and like people get really impressed with like like K8 structures and huge Docker container management of Cosmos Node and I go, okay, that's fine. Like, I'm not like impressed. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't impress me like i understand it yagni right with a lot of this stuff yeah like it's okay but i mean yeah unless you're 
unless you're managing a lot of infrastructure, usually for one or two vertical applications, just doesn't make fucking loads of sense. I don't know. Um, well, you do have to have other, like without Ansible or without like some sort of automation, I totally get it. Like I, I completely understand it, but, but with those with those tool sets and being able to run bare metal, I think it's just far faster and less bullshit. And like, even all the stuff that you dealt with on the Aptos stuff of like having to tear down through Terraform, you know, taking half an hour, right. You'd miss a whole epic of shit yeah. because AWS is cycling through its bullshit. Right. Well, and meanwhile, no, we missed, I just restarted a service. Missed, you typically miss one proposal, right? Which is just that, and that's just because there is an abstraction around the container connecting to the ingress. And, so, and now, and now, everybody, we watch the fray frantically defend AWS. <laughs> that's not. That is <laughs> not true. If you had, to, if you had to tear down and like reset up everything, not just a restart, but they like actually tear everything down and restart, it took fucking forever. What are you talking about? Like it was like a. It was like the slow motion of AWS automation kind of running that shit. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm one of the testers. Yeah. So you're talking like 30 minutes, probably. Yeah. And, and bring back yeah. up. But like that, takes that's time. only like because the external, the the way the key management works on Aptos, uh, at least at the time, there are ways you can get around it that w- didn't support uh, like an external signer. So if it right. did support an external signer, then it would be instantaneous because and in fact i mean if you didn't need to move between accounts you could even just bring up both and ab them within aws so i mean it's like anything else the thing is right to to write a really big complex kubernetes terraform stack is months and months of work like months and months of full-time work and then you have to maintain it and it's just not worth it for like 95 percent of things you can knock out a quick ansible script for the other five percent of things you can write a bash script for it, like none of what validator companies do if you're not as big as figment maybe or uh, chorus one or one of those guys who have joiners movers levers like staff coming and going and you need your code and your you need your code to document your processes. So when Billy fucking idiot, um, who's a, a, a fucking ops engineer, who's also highly invested in a diverse basket of shit coins, either A, gets rich and, and quits, or B, goes to zero and has to run from his creditors. When he fucking ghosts you one way or the other, you have like some deployment scripts that are completely automated that manage all the infrastructure for you. And that's like a really great situation for Terraform or something like that, where you have the state externally managed, but in every other situation, you don't need it. I would say the other situation, which uh, is really useful to have a fully uh, (coughs) Terraformed setup um, is if you have a newborn um, because the immutable infrastructure stops you from making major tired idiot fuck ups. Um, and there was at least one time where something needed to be done uh, back last April, I guess. And, you know, you're just like bashing away and you're like, how the fuck? What the. And, and then, you, like, you, the infrastructure setup goes like, don't do that. And you're like, don't do that. Good idea. I'm going to take your advice terraform command line um 
you know, granted, if you're running bare metal, you're not just going to nuke a box either. So it's it swings roundabouts. But I certainly, I know that my my blood pressure was lower when we were fully terraformed and I was super sleep deprived than when we migrated off of AWS. And I was still the same level of sleep deprived, but just on bare metal. I think that, I think that I'm not, not disagreeing with that at all. I think that is a warm blanket of Jeff Bezos and not a real bank blanket. <laughs> it's just a, just a make believe, make believe blanket of, of security. Like those redundancies are there, but not at that level where, even even if there's a massive hardware failure, like it, there's no guarantee that that's going to reprovision the same way and not have issues and all that kind of stuff. Like it's the same problem, no, right? Yeah. So, so I like think, it, I think it, you probably a better bet would actually be to like a, a a kind of good halfway house is that it's very unlikely that you would fully lose, say, an EC2 instance. Um, yeah. So like a kind of happen. Yeah. a kind of sick twisted thing you can do with on demand EC2 is you can change the node type and it will force rebuild, but with all right. the state, sure. if you have yeah. attached volumes. So in a, the absolute mm-hmm. worst case scenario, you could literally reboot an adjacent instance in an adjacent AZ, um, either via a script or via um, a disaster recovery process or even via the fucking console. Um, yeah. And that would actually be like, that's actually as practical a real world safety blanket for something like a signer going down as actually terraforming the entire thing because the reality is the instance launch time is going to take less than a minute and Mm -hmm. it will bootstrap on a on a new piece of hardware i mean it will be shared hardware Mm -hmm. somewhere but it will be conceptually new from whatever the problem was that's taking you out elsewhere um but then, you know, it, if you buy a box from OVH, it's only going to be a two-hour lead time for most things. Well, if, they, if they have them and, yeah, all those types of things. But yeah, I mean, we've, had, for, we've, been having, we've been having all sorts of well, – not all sorts. We've had a couple of hardware issues. Well, but I, mean, I, mean, I guess I'm talking about for like Cosmos here. Like Cosmos is very consumer hardware. Like you, you could yeah. – uh, some of the boxes you can use for Cosmos um, validators, they'll – OVH – on paper say they'll deliver them to you in 72 seconds right sure um you know stuff we need for aptos is like a week <laughs> a week 10 days but like that's 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 like a very different uh uh, uh spec or whatever but like speaking of aptos upcoming testnet 3 null i know you're excited to hear about all of our testnet 3 stories coming again late february to a podcast near you going on to the march we're going to drag it out through the summer they decided to, to once again put the test net on a really inconvenient personal date for me, which is awesome. I love I love it when when these things happen around birthdays, anniversaries. You know, <laughs> it's really great I'm, to explain to your to your very patient family, like, hey, you know that thing we had planned in for like six months, dude. Yeah, listen, yeah, it's literally. done. What what I said. <laughs> What I say is, this is where the money comes from. <laughs> okay, this is this is where the money comes from. This is not, I'm not like goofing around, although I am going to eat Denver maybe, and so that is goofing around. But other than that, this is where. <laughs> and Austin, do I need do we need a seven person house for Austin? Maybe not, but it's where the money comes from. So yeah, I mean, you're out there goofing every Wednesday night, man. I know. This is where yeah. the money comes from. Not well, not this podcast, but. That's between the hey, four of us. <laughs> speaking about uh, speaking about conferences, do we have yeah. the uh, 
do we have the compound sorted yet? We don't. I, I did get a, I do have some numbers in terms of people. I was waiting for some artifact numbers, which I think I have, which is going to be zero um, because it's too far away and they don't know how many people and blah, 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 blah. So I do think at least we have six or seven. So I was going to look for a place with one more bedroom, one extra bedroom in case somebody else comes up and then go from there. So I could start, we could start looking now. Um, and yeah. Okay. So artifact is going, it's just, they might have many is what you're saying. Correct. Yeah. So I know, cause we were talking, we were talking about, <laughs> it's funny enough. We were talking about places for a half an hour. And then at the end of the half an hour, we suddenly realized that, that, that he was talking about Denver and I was talking about Austin. <laughs> so, so the half an hour conversation was worth nothing. And then he's like, like Austin, I just don't know yet. And I just not, we're just not sure. And so it might be just too far away to actually just dis- define it. So other than getting him, like getting those guys four bedrooms, which I think is too much or whatever else, I think it might be better just to, to separate. Um, it, Cause right now, like I'm looking for, I'm looking for five, six bedroom places. And those are, uh, those are really like they're starting to disappear because I I assume other groups are are you know getting places down there. So I think it'll be better All for those us foundations, to baby. All those VC funded yeah. foundations with dollars to burn. So yeah. we should we should go to a trailer park and just like raft up some trailers. We could do that too. I don't care. Is we there rent, is there a you uh, can rent RVs? They can go find something. Yeah, I don't care. Doesn't matter. Is there a like? No, it's not. There's no lakes around there. Is it? I was going to say, is it like a boat marina or something? You know, I like a fucking. There are boat. lakes around there, but I think they're pretty far outside of town, though. Uh, like, like this is just this is just the town. artifact boat in Amsterdam all over again. <laughs> just I heard slightly, that was cool. That's a good idea. I like it. That was idea. it was an upmarket but slightly musty spelling houseboat. It was like quite, like it was quite fancy, and you're like, oh, this is fancy. And then, like, you went down to the fridge and you got a beer and you just sort of milling around inside before going upstairs to the deck. And you were like, Is that mold? It's just a little bit musty in here. <laughs> is, yeah, that, or, is that mold? Or maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just imagining things. Yeah. yeah, you're like, Maybe I'm yeah. just imagining things because, yeah, maybe it's just the smell of the canal. I mean, the canal's not 100% totally clean. So you're like, Am I imagining things? Am I just trying to, yeah, am I subconsciously just being a dick here? Am I just negging on the canal boat? What you really don't want to do is turn on a black light at night time. <laughs> on a houseboat. Shit. Oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, well just because mold, mold. No, like people hire them for like, you know, bucks parties and stuff, right? So, for sexy parties. <laughs> I think that's what he said. Sexy bucks parties. Party. Yeah. Is that is that a stag do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so oh, yeah, because like, Amsterdam. <laughs> oh, f- do you know what? That ain't even occurred to me. So there's yeah. like skimpy juice and everything everywhere. So, what are these terms? Are you making these up? Skimpy juice. <laughs> no. I skimpy don't even want to know. I heard skimpy thing <laughs> and then I heard stack stack party. Is that what you said? Well, yes, yeah, the party. phrase said stag party. I said stag. Oh, stag. Stag. Oh, I said stag. I said like bucks stag. party. Oh, okay. uh, so Ram is asking where his itinerary is for the. Uh, <laughs> For the fucking trip to uh, Rama, you can have a dude. You're welcome, man. Come on in, fly in. <laughs> Come on in. There's plenty of room for more degeneracy. I I yeah, will exactly. tell you, Rama. When I booked my ticket, it was pretty cheap. So go have a look. Maybe you can. Uh, yeah. Maybe you can get a week away. You can sleep on the floor. Maybe they'll I'll do one of those. Uh, yeah, one of those uh, Cosmos um, fight in the ring parties. That'd be fun. Yeah, like oh, there'll Jesus. be a catch. <laughs> 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 Rama versus whoever. 
That'd be, that'd be... Just this buff kangaroo shows up. Yeah, I want to know that. I'm not going to mess with the kangaroo. Pile that out. That would be great. I knew this would happen. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, any, yeah, but I mean, any of our like, loyal listeners, any of our loyal listeners who are in this chat or elsewhere, if if they want a room with <laughs> with some group approval, <laughs> we can probably find a place if they're coming to consensus in Austin. Not like anybody off the street. Come on, like I mean, I Funky's like has has Rama declared himself an employee of Keynotes? <laughs> there you go. Well, okay, so news just in. Rama now works for King Knows. That's that. Um, Shall we do some... Oh, before we do some news. (laughs) Rama's just dying inside every time you avoid the news. Oh! uh, Yep. What do you got? Uh, Left page or right page? Uh, Left. In the middle. (laughs) Okay. Uh, We're in the section marked Twitter. X. Uh, Me... Sorry, I must turn down your offer to join the Mafia, as it would disappoint my friends on Twitter. The Mafia. The Mafia respects your decision. Mm, yes. Yeah. So there you go. That's the draw tweet of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we've all been in that situation. That's quite relatable. Um, hmm. Rama says a long one today, but not much in it. I assume he's, I'm not sure if that was the drill tweet or just this podcast podcast in general, Uh, this podcast in general. uh, (laughs) It's It's always possible. feels like Uh, So I, uh, I also uh, tracked down a source for slap shot uh, the other day. Classic. Bring it in. Classic date. You found the VHS in a a dirty. I was just going around every charity shop in the north of England <laughs> trying, trying to, trying find, to find, find a copy a copy of it so it's like just like flicking through like Paul Newman Paul Newman Paul Newman and it's just like some other Paul Newman film like fucking get that out of here Paul Newman Paul Newman Paul Newman Paul Newman Paul Newman until until the snapshot uh yeah my review would be the the hockey bits for, for when that film was made was really well filmed okay I was like, I was like the, camera, so far, but the okay. camera work during the hockey scenes. I was like, genuinely, this is very impressive for like, like the late seventies, the cinematography on the ice. I was like, this, this must've been really tricky to do. Um, <laughs> okay. Cause it's all, it's done like quite stylish. It's done like, like kind of leg level and, and it's really dynamic. Like, Mm-hmm. I, I don't know all of those bits. I was just like, I, I know that's not the point of the film, but I, I, would, I was watching it and was like, wow. And then my other half turns to me and is like, this is really dynamic camera work for whenever this film was made. And I was, I was fucking literally like, that's why I married you. Yeah. Yeah. I was literally like, that is just a good take. We're both having such good takes. Um, yeah. Some bits of the film really haven't aged well. And some bits no, aged yes, extraordinarily yes. well. Yeah. Uh, the bit, the, the weird bit where he just fucking stalks that guy's wife, just the for weird a big bit where he stalks. Film. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's like he's like really rapey. It's really not cool. You mean <laughs> like, Paul when Paul's? Yeah, he just like follows her back. Doesn't he like follow? Who you mean? Back oh, to her house. Oh no, he gets in her car and she's like, "Get out!" And he's like, "Nope." And you're like, <laughs> "Ooh," and he's just like, right, "Some of that doesn't." How about yeah. a kiss? And you're like, "Ooh," <laughs> it's just like. And then she's just like driving, be like, get out of my car. And he's like, nope. And then she drops him at his house and he's just like, oh, I hate to get out. And she's like, get out. You're a bit like, 
and then like he, he he's talking to somebody else he's just like i'm just trying to make him mad and you're mm-hmm. like i don't know man <laughs> uh yes yeah, quite there's quite a lot of homophobia in there isn't there as well there uh, is yeah for sure there is yep it's a 70s movie, right? Yeah. It comes across as a 70s movie. I remember distinctly there being a line like, I don't care that you're a, but also you are, and you're like, well, yeah, there's yeah, a way, yeah. way to throw that away in the same uh-huh, sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, like, I, I don't know. All things considered, I thought it was actually a much better film that had any right to be. Slapshot. It's a good book. It's a, it's, it is a that. look. It, it, it represents that time and, Stuff on it the is, ice, uh, great camera work. It, it, it's great. a movie that was great. Hansons yeah. are fun. The the and do you know what? Like it, it has. I don't want to like overinflate a sense of importance, but I thought that it made a lot of the same points as the Deer Hunter, but with a much shorter runtime. Yeah. So I would also say that for it. I mean, like all of the stuff that's going on in the background of like the town, all of the 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 shots that they take where they're showing you like what's happening by just. Are oh, the chimneys on? Are the chimneys not like at the beginning of the th- of the thing where you can see that they're running like multiple shifts, and then halfway through they're like they show about the same time in the evening, and the chimneys aren't on. So you're like, what are they doing? Fewer shifts, and there's just I, I don't know. Maybe I was just hallucinating that stuff, but I felt like they did quite a bit of show don't tell in the um the way it was shot, and then obviously they do tell you quite a lot of what is then like the background and you know the the manufacturing and everything. Any anyway, whatever, man. Uh, like I go. thought it was a really good film, uh, you know, as a kind That's of fun stuff, funny, funny film, bit of seriousness behind it as well, you know, blah, blah, blah. It has like, a, it has some ties, not ties, but it has some similar storylines to like major league and those types of things. Cause you know, they're gonna get sold and all this kind of shit. And the owner's a piece of shit and all that kind of stuff. But I do like the owner in, in Slapshot. that, that whole like kind of storyline is hilarious. And I love that there's like no resolution to this movie. Like yeah. th- it's not like it's not like Major League where they win the World Series. Like no, they just they fucking lose and the guy takes off his pants and skates around the rink and they say fuck it and <laughs> roll credits. Like <laughs> that's that's literally the movie. So yeah, they're taking off is... the pants. You're just like I don't really get what's happening here, and then they just give just them the trophy. <laughs> they're just, they're just like, know. well, fuck this. This is already a, a farce. Exactly right. There you go. You win. I guess whatever. Go fuck yourselves. And yep. you're like, did they really earn that? No, they didn't. But then was that the point of the film? No, it wasn't. And then. And then, yeah, this is like roll credits. And you're like, well, nothing was resolved. <laughs> nothing was resolved. Zero. Nothing's resolved. Which, it which reminds me. That, that is a great movie ending because now in today's world, all these fucking movies are resolved. It's annoying. Well, have you also noticed just how Why long it takes to be resolved? up a movie these days? Like the wrap up yeah. section, like when they're just like, and now we all need to make sure that every character has a little coda. And right. like, if you watch like an old, even like, uh, like watch Escape from New York, literally like the president's just like, blah, 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 blah. He's like, call me Pliskin. And then fucking roll credits. Like there's right. so many good films from like the eighties and like whatever, that. where they're just like, they, they, they are literally like the film is over. It is done. You're like, what the fuck happened? Like, roll like credits. have you ever seen like you just, Thunder? Like it's yeah. supposedly Tarantino's favorite film. Um, it's like a schlocky revenge um revenge flick and it is probably the most role creditsy of role creditsy films where the action transpires and they're barely even done with the action and they're like right may as well just call it there i think everybody gets the point and um, which one are you talking which one was that one rolling thunder oh, right. oh yeah, yeah absolute smashing 
I I I saw I, there used to be a, a film night in the city um, where they had like kind of like grindhouse type and you know all sorts of stuff like you know I think I mentioned it before like Turkish Star Wars and all these weird like uh, Lady Terminator and loads of kaiju movies and yada 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 like all these old weird films and uh, I really distinctly remember watching this in a room full of people and there was like oh, American Hardware as well and some mm. of those like Screamers and yada yada. Um, a lot of schlocky sci-fi actually but i really remember when they had the line there's like a line that's something like he's in there what are we going to do well we're going to kill him and maybe eight to ten mexicans and there's like 40 people in this basement all drinking beer and everybody just looks at each other and then starts laughing it's not supposed to be funny but just like the dialogue of that fucking film is insanity (laughs) uh they're just it's got really young um tommy lee jones in it as well hasn't it oh that, does it yeah the person really in fact that yeah. that's just remind that line i think that line is a young tommy lee jones um i'm sure somebody who's doing a video essay on youtube has tried to tie together johnny uh to, to johnny lee jones tommy lee jones's character from that film and his character in uh oh, no country for old men that's a video essay oh, yeah, I want yeah, to yeah. that's a video essay i want to see it's the same character from Rolling Thunder, Vietnam vet, all the way to retired policeman, semi-retired policeman in uh, No Country for Old Men. Anyway, the one thing that about um, the, about uh, the uh, um, about Slapshot is that no matter what, when I hear the Star Spangled Banner, like when one of the Hansons says, "Listen to the fucking sun." Like I hear that in my head every time. And so I say it out loud in the middle of wherever I was standing. So we'll be like, I was at a, a meet this weekend for one of my kids and then they're playing to start spinal there. And, and, and like, I'm just saying, I'm literally saying out loud, listen to the fucking song, like right at the same time. Cause I know exactly when that is. So is the, that's when you start that, getting that into. is the best. The film is, is almost worth it just for that one. Moment. Those moments. Like, there's some really good moments in there. Like that, that where the like, I, I feel like, there's there's something just beautiful about the fact that he is in the wrong. He is in the wrong. He is the bad guy, and the guy the he other guy is like, the good guy, and is quite yeah. legitimately telling listen him off. And yet he's still just like try to listen to the fucking stuff. <laughs> oh, I I, oh, I laughed so very out loud at that. That is, that is I think that's the single best moment in the film. It might be. I know it's silly. It's just, it's just too good, and it also just like the way they're all fucked up as well. Like, and they've got their stupid glasses and ever. Oh, Dave's a killer. Dave's a mess. Yeah, there's some <laughs> good stuff in there. There's there's just lots of good stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, slap shot. Highly recommended. Certified Game of Notes fresh. It's very U.S. Uh, film. Yes, for sure. So, what do we got? We have some news. And I was like, I don't give a shit about this film. I watched it like four weeks ago, and I did not. Well, now that now, well, yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm fucking, I've just been texting someone else. I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Rude. I, I like. I I heard the chimneys being on and off, like show don't tell, and I was like, <laughs> who gives a fuck? <laughs> it's- I get to be fair, people often say like culturally Australia uh, is like 20, 30 years behind some other places. So maybe movie criticism hasn't really hit you. I yet. mean, I mean, I don't, I don't watch a movie and like look at the chimneys, with, see whether there's smoke coming out of them or not. Like, 
I mean, like I mean, when how, I watched, how will you get uh, the metaphor about the wider state of American manufacturing and its economic consequences on the on the hockey team? I mean, I just don't give a fuck. <laughs> I mean, uh, when, oh, when I'm watching a movie, I'm barely watching the fucking thing anyway these days. I've got an attention span of a goldfish. So, um, but anyway, do we have any news today? There is some. Have you not even read the fucking spreadsheet already? I'm on my laptop, man. I don't have room for a spreadsheet. I've got like the screen with your faces on it and the chat. That's all you need, baby. Funky said in the chat, you guys, he remembered an old episode where we were talking about Stargate. That is a film I want to rewatch. Do you remember that? Like SG1? Stargate SG1? No, the the film that preceded the the TV series. It holds up. Oh, yeah, but like that same shit. Does it really? I think so. Yeah, I watched it, I don't know, two years ago or so. And it may not be quite as good as I remember it being because I watched it first time when I was like eight. But 20 years later, still great. <laughs> I was actually just going through. Like, yeah, I was actually just going. My kids are at the age now where I'm starting to expose them to like, not not Slapshot. We're, we're a couple of years from that at least. But but like I'm looking at like the Blues Brothers and like Stargate would be one of those. I think they're probably ready for my older one, Alien 1, like like that type of alien area. One. It's alien one is horror. Like alien two, alien two is gonzo fun. Alien one. That is, that is like nightmare. nightmare. That's nightmare fuel. Right. Okay. Maybe yeah. not alien one. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. They've gone through like Raiders and that kind of stuff. And so like, I think I saw Predator that. when I was like nine or 10. Predator but might be, Predator might be there too. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah but I can't do aliens I alien. Though. I don't think I saw alien until the actual rating. Like, I don't think I saw alien until I was about 15. And I was like, I mean, oh. it is, it is something. It's, 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 yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I have, like, I have one, co- I have one cocky kid who thinks he can watch anything at that age, and so I kind of want to put him in his place. And do so- it, <laughs> you know. I've changed my mind. I'm fully on board. Alien, just, just, just drive one one child to nightmares. Just because. Hey, <laughs> careful Blade what you Run- ask for. Blade Runner, that because you know that's a cracking film. It is. It's too boring though. Too boring. When are you gonna it's when are you gonna play them the Russell Crowe filmography? Oh, you're gonna start getting into some gladiator. Yeah, gladiator. gladiator they'd be ready for gladiator. Gladiator is longer. Master and commander. Well, master and commander. <laughs> gladiator is longer than you think with less action. Oh my goodness. Think. It's all front loaded. Ben Davis, there you go. <laughs> Actually it was Null who mentioned Master and Commander. How'd that come up? Uh yeah. In the chat, Ben Davis has just said the only film to ever freak me out was Face Off, which has to be a lie. That has to be. But I've never actually. I've only seen parts of it. I've never seen. I'm going to take. I've seen parts of it, but off. It's Face Off is an amazing, stupid film. Hey, have you seen The Rock? Yeah, I was just watching The Rock clips on YouTube. Actually, it's funny because you know, like there was always is it like a. Well, in the UK, like it's been like kind of a joke that people would just be like, "Oh, Sean Connery." Yeah, it's, it's a Bond film. Uh-huh. like for, for ages and then that. finally somebody put that into a video essay on youtube and that's now like that is canon yeah um this is i don't know why those they're, they're, i don't know if it's like maybe some sort of uh oh, it's maybe it's, it's a anniversary it's or something canon. coming up because it's like showing up everywhere now so we're well, seeing so you know, it as like the whole thing about 007 like james bond because it's like the the 007 is just a a, a number right and so different people occupy it at different times so the understood the the additional like the additional reddit 
the, the addition to that i think it was reddit is like oh yeah well the james bond the name is also like obviously it's a pseudonym because he goes around everywhere being like i'm james bond which you wouldn't do if it was your your fucking you would only do it if people were expected to already know oh yeah that's the, the assassin who works for mi6 right um so, so what, what's the, sean so what's sean connery's best role the rock. Like, what do you think he'll be I, <laughs> it's not gonna be the rock i don't think it's gonna be the rock zardos it's zardos without doubt right <laughs> no way ha- highlander his fake spanish accent oh, that yeah. happens to sound like a scottish <laughs> yeah. accent oh Definitely. my god yes yes, yeah. yes because there's the scene in the boat isn't there where the guy who's supposed to have the scottish accent but is like dutch is like is like ah yes how are you having such a strange accent and he's just like, yeah, she's actually a very arrogant. And like, and literally there's just a Dutch guy talking to a Scottish guy. And one of them is like, no, I am Spanish. And the other is going, yeah, I am Scottish. <laughs> Fucking that, Zardos. God damn it. Who brought Zardos, that, up? that is a film. That is one of the films. Of Schultz, all time. Right? Have, have you seen he's Zardos, been- Schultz? You got a poster. That's that poster behind you, isn't it? It's a Zardos poster. <laughs> What right there? No, <laughs> that's from Dark Souls, is what that is. Oh, okay. Zardos. Oh, how, how do you spell that? <laughs> uh, Dark Souls. Z R very very heavily influenced by Zardos. So Z R D O Z. Um. So, Christy's made some fucking films. That's for in sure. like literally like the first minute of Zardos, a floating head comes into screen throwing guns out and. I think the ch- there's chant coming from the head, which is something like kill the men, worship the penis. Is that right? Is something like that? I- I've seen this. I'm wrong. I've seen this. Yeah. It's, oh, it is a, a wonderfully deranged film. Uh, it's, it was, I think it was one of those movies that was like, you know, a weird rich person's tax break. And um, Sean Connery knew the guy and was like, yeah, f- yeah 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 George how much exactly yeah <laughs> um what's Sean Connery's uh favorite no wait I've forgotten the joke it's fine forget about it let's move on her <laughs> sure sure so who are what's any advance in Zardos is the best uh Sean Connery film I think that cannot be our viewpoint um, Feel free to advance Indiana, another one. Indiana Jones: The Last Crusade, The Untouchables, one no, of the back. Bond movies. Well, the, no, I would, the I would where he's just like, "Oh, I'm just an Irish beat cop." <laughs> that was what? a good fucking movie, though. That was a good movie. I mean, it's all right. Oh, oh and it does have the amazingly racist line where he goes, "Shelly Wop, you brought a knife to a gunfight," yeah, yeah, yeah. and then yeah, immediately yeah. gets shot. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> You're like, I no, sure. he brought a gun to a gunfight. <laughs> yeah. The Zordo, Zardoz movie had an incredibly large budget. One De Niro, Garcia, Connery, five, seven Costner. million. Huge. Ooh, in the chat, we have Outland. Outland's. That's I don't think it's going to be up there. Yeah. That's the one with the, that, is that the one with the mining colony where he's like the policeman? <laughs> I don't know. Is that a Connery movie? Outland, 1981. Described as high noon in space. Oh, it looks pretty cool. Incidentally, um, I rewatched uh, High Noon a while ago because I had this 
sudden realization that Die Hard is high noon after a fashion. And um, that's another film that's that's very, very good. So, yeah. But, um, okay, well, Zardos, there you go. Uh, nobody's advanced it, so. And, and we're not having, we can't have supporting actor. We can't have um, Last Crusade, which is not that good. Of, that, what? I thought, I mean, it's not as good as the original, but it's a pretty fucking good movie. It's all right. It's okay. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice story. I would say Goldfinger would be my favorite, but I don't know. Goldfinger, hmm, mm. of the Bond movies. Yeah, we're gonna allow. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, best. I think my best, my favorite Bond film would probably be Casino Royale. Actually, the first, the Craigs. But I do, I, I do like Thunderball. I have a lot of time for Thunderball. <laughs> yeah, Hunt for Red October, maybe. No. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. Don't respond well to Butch. Yeah, it's also got Sam Neill in it, hasn't it? I would have liked to have seen Montana. <laughs> it does. Sam, Maybe Sam Neill's accent wise. is fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I we, <laughs> what is it? What? While the Americans listen to their rock and roll, we all they will hear will be the sound of our laughter as we oh, conduct well. missile drills. <laughs> Uh, that might be homework for this week is to watch that movie again. Oh, I haven't seen that man. movie for ages. It's such a good film. I think early Alec Baldwin Powers too. is the best 007 movies by far. Bar none. Austin oh, Powers for sure. What? Austin Powers <laughs> is the best 007 movies, in my opinion. Bond films. Austin Powers isn't a Bond film. I mean, is it American though? version? It's well, the American it has, version. It, it, <laughs> well, it has to, it was a comedy. It has to be, it has to be in the, in the arc of, of Bond films. I, I think would... I would contest that. I think that pre-Austin pre Powers, Bond was way more campy than like the more modern things. I think that Austin Powers actually had a negative effect on Bond films because it couldn't be nearly as campy after Austin Powers because it, they like leaned into it too hard. So I would contest that for sure. It's well, fair. no, it's just because you're remembering Roger Moore and then the Brosnan years were very different. Brosnan years weren't bad, though. I think I think get a bum rap, honestly. I think I think uh, Goldeneye Funky was called probably out Gold, Goldeneye, Goldeneye was yeah, one of the best, and that, that so the tank scene, like you know, they they mm-hmm. to film that they just bought three tanks and smashed them through Saint Petersburg, like the you know the scene where it drifts around the corner. They actually did that. They just flooded the street with liquid uh, detergent so that it was basically a skating rink, and then drove the tank at top speed and slammed the fucking brakes. <laughs> And just drifted it around the corner. Um, absolutely mad stuff. Totally. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Um, yeah, there you go. Funky says in the chat, it's a parody. That's what that's the word I was looking for. <clears throat> um I'm fine with that. I won't contest it's a parody, but I, that doesn't mean it can't still be the best one. Well, but it's not a bomb film and it never mentions Bond or 007. So like if it was like this is a parody, like yeah. You can't say it's a Bond film if it doesn't have a character called James Bond in it. <laughs> or, or, yeah. or semantics. Or 007 <laughs> at the very least. Tomato tomato. Yeah, exactly. It's not tomato tomato. It's a different it's a different <laughs> film franchise. Uh that's like saying that Russell Crowe, like that like some connection between two films can mean that they're the same thing. That's like saying Les Mis is the same as Master and Commander because Russell Crowe's in both. It's like well, Isn't it though? <laughs> Scott Glenn, Sam Neill, James Earl Jones is in it. Oh my goodness. The hunt. I got to go back and watch that. It's it's so, so good. 
It's such Sam like Neill's Russian accent might be one of the best. It's, it's amazing. The the only thing that's a bit disappointing is that obviously they then made Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger, and they're just they're just okay. That's with um, Harrison Ford, though, right? Both those are Harrison Ford movies. Yeah, because Alec is it not Alec Baldwin in Patriot Games. No, I or thought it I, was wasn't. I know, no, no, it, no, um, might be right actually. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's. I can check. I think it's. Yeah, no, it's it's Harrison. So Harrison took that over for Alec Baldwin. I don't know why. Maybe I mean Harrison's a better Jack Ryan to be in my opinion, but whatever. Right, he was, but, per, but Alec Baldwin was, was like perfect for that stuff. for Hunt. Yeah, yeah. I think I don't know. I think I think Alec Baldwin does. Because the whole point is Jack Ryan's not supposed to be like a super, like an action hero. He's he's an analyst, right? Just a, a guy in the wrong place at the wrong time. He's just a right? guy that, that that works in the Pentagon who gets right. told to go out in the North Atlantic, right? And right. and over time, his character became more and more warped as these these things as do, one, as one does. <laughs> I, to be fair, like <laughs> if you look at our journey on this podcast, you're like we were just. <laughs> We were just as infrastructure engineers that became more and more warped, more and more tainted. <laughs> um, oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I guess we're going to say Hunt for Red October, are we? And then that can't be the best Connery movie. Come on, that's like that's well, that's pretty rough. I don't know. Uh, maybe undecided. That's I can't think of a better one yeah, off the top of my head. So, yeah, we'll. Um, I'm trying to find. Let's <laughs> try to find. You're talking about the this downward spiral from a from a retweet after last week's episode. Zach Bull says, "Now that the ETF is approved, this is going back to the BTC ETF that was approved last week while we were on. Now that the ETF is approved, normal people c- will be able to invest in crypto in- instead of just the mentally ill." <laughs> it's perfect. Great tweet. Amazing. Um, so yeah, I mean that was a fun thing that happened, obviously, on last week's. Uh, yeah. On last week's show i think that I, I mean it's been interesting as well seeing a lot of the discussion here because obviously there's a current kind of live discussion about tokenization the investment associations uh, report that was out the other week and um i saw some of the discussion going on about that as well and it kind of seems like from a regulation perspective like for what you know in various ways the uk was already kind of moving in a certain direction but it certainly seems to have given put you know put wind in the sails of a lot of those discussions that were already in flight at least i suppose in the ability for people to sort of talk about it or the confidence for people to talk about it more publicly i guess which is interesting because of course there there are a bunch of actual uh, i don't say actual use cases but there are a bunch of use cases that are more commonly accepted to be not insanity that are kind of predicated on the uh, predicated on particular use cases for probably regulated entities using uh blockchain platforms and compute platforms that have like smart contracts and stuff like that so one of the good things i think is that if you're on firm footing doing stuff with smart contracts that aren't ponzi schemes this this is good news for you because it seemed like it pushed those conversations along, like fund tokenization, uh, you know, clearing, all that kind of stuff that involves, you know, obviously I have a bias towards the things that involve um, digital cash and digital money. Um, but it seemed like those conversations maybe were helped or that, well, they're obviously already going on independently. And so this has actually no bearing on them, but it, it seemed it, it seemed all quite a positive in terms of that side of things as well. 
I mean, of course, when we all get wrecked and everybody's pensions disappear, it won't look so rosy, but that's, you know, YOLO, you win some, you lose some, right? Right. That's right. That's tomorrow's problem. That's that's tomorrow's problem. (laughs) Let's party tonight. Let's party tonight, (laughs) baby. Um, So (laughs) off the back of that, are we in a bull yet? I mean, I'm sure. Uh, I know know there's opinions in the spreadsheet on the bull, but. We're in it. This is it. This is the bull. Soak it up, folks. Ethereum's at 25, 28. Bitcoin really struggled after the after the approval, huh? Looks like the alts are getting the pump based on the idea that maybe this extension or this uh, um, SEC guidance extends out to Ethereum or other L1s. But yeah, that, that, some things are doing okay. Not the stuff that we hold, but you know. It kind of seems like in crypto at the moment, like like anybody says anything and, crypt- and Ethereum picks up the benefit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, like somebody would be like cosmos is the future and then ethereum's price would pump and cosmos would stay static and you'd be like cosmos is not ethel too (laughs) it's what it is uh yeah say's doing really well this week um dydx is getting back up to where it was it's still down overall but it's doing chain link is doing really well this week um yeah there's a couple things that are ethereum's up a little bit it's doing all right yeah say's been on a bit of a tear lately isn't it it has, yeah. It's back up to over eighty cents. It's uh, eighty four or eighty five cents right now, which is yeah, sixteen or twenty percent this week. But I think even it's probably. I mean, it's up from the sixteens or fifteens. That was only a few months ago, right? Like maybe thirty days ago, forty five days, something like that. Times it seems of, like times just blur, yesterday but, it was like eight cents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, okay, not financial advice or whatever, but. Uh, to the extent that like there kind of seems like a bit of gentle upward movement on quite a few things i think especially with some of the i don't think we can talk about yet but some of the things that have been pushing in new aips and whatnot over on aptos we were kind of thinking now's now's maybe the time to not uh because the staking works super differently there uh now's the time to just sit on the stake for for a while and just see what happens maybe like shoulder a bit more of uh that long that long position that risk that the artifact guys are allergic to uh i'm not sure about cosmos because well you know i don't there's nothing to, there's nothing to sell and there's you know difference between 20 cents and 50 cents is only meaningful if you're day trading right yep i don't know we, we kind of i don't know we it's not like we're dumping all the time but like like it's just it's like these markets are impossible to have any sort of like long-term prediction on. So it's really difficult to say I'm going to hold X, Y, or Z Um, because it it has, it has provenly shown that like execution has nothing to do with with price. Right. Yeah. Um, Sure. So, so it's tough to be able to look at execution of teams and say, I have long-term, there's a couple of those, which I, I do believe in, but it's, it's even, even with great execution doesn't mean necessarily mean anything's going to be going to have the eyeballs or going to have the structure of it. Right. Um, and I know say has done a lot more in terms of marketing and they've done a lot more in terms of visibility on Twitter. And they've done a lot more in terms of driving like Ethereum based eyeballs. And I think there's a lot of cross chain individuals who come to say, and like, look at the execution time and they look at the gas and they, they see like a really positive e- ecosystem, but I mean, I, which is, which is totally true. I, I, I 100% agree with, and also you could probably say the same thing for 20 other chains. Right. So yeah. Like, so what, what actually pushes that ball forward um, and say is different because of the execution and being tenement based, like there's, there's definitely 
differentiation there. There's no doubt about it, especially with the EVM stuff coming. Um, but but still, there are things that are very close to that that have never had that momentum. And I, you know what what really drives that? I think it's difficult to say. There has to be some projects, and it has to be the right kind of outreach. And I don't know if somebody had that figured out. I think it would be. I mean, I think I think you know what the. Obviously, there was a lot of smoke and mirrors and scams and yada yada with um, Terra, but I think Terra really had a big. They 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 did have they were on to something in the way they executed, which was the incubation of projects combined with yeah. the presence of a stablecoin. Like, I, I, there's just a whole bunch of DeFi products that fundamentally are not going to get a mass adoption until they're ta- until they're pegged to the US dollar like a stable coin and that that I think is like in a lot of alts as well that's a complex that's a complex story that and that like, honestly I do wonder if a lot of the ethereum momentum and stuff like that they have a whole bunch of native solutions for that with you know more consumer confidence for you to peg a defi protocol around you know yeah, um, yeah, I would agree. I would agree, definitely agree on the Terra projects. Like, because I remember it, when right before the collapse, I wasn't really involved in that ecosystem, but the quality of what was coming out of there was just unbelievable. I thought in terms of some of the DeFi and like other types of projects that were running there. And then I remember when after the collapse, and there was like that push to get projects over on Juno, right? Remember that? Like, there was like that big push to be able to do that. I think some of those balked at that and just were waiting for Terra two. I'm guessing in some sort of sense. Um, but even then, like even the, the, the components that came out of that and some of the teams that came out of that, like I, it was, a you know, and maybe, maybe all that's still there in Terra too, but it was, it was pretty eye opening for us. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there was a little bit of a problem with kind of addiction to the foundation's money as well. Um, which, you know, was a problem. Um, but I mean, that's, I, I think that, what you see in a lot of ecos is that there's either addiction to money from a foundation or there's addiction to VC money. And ultimately the two are kind of the same. And Mm -hmm. there's very few places that seem mature enough to have people bootstrap projects without VC money, which I think genuinely in terms of like the, the, yeah, it's not, this is not surprising take, um, I don't think at all for me anyway, which is that like, I think a lot of the, the current kind of permissionless blockchain space is kind of it sort of long-term it's sort of trash uh, with the amount of VC and foundation capture of early value that's currently there. I just don't think it can actually deliver on any of the more interesting goals, which seem to me to be kind of virtue signaling, but you know, all of the chains and whatever that are very closely tied to things like stable coins to real world representations of cash, whatever, those are like, those are the places where you would expect government VC, all that sort of stuff, because they're going to be like lending products They're they're designed Mm -hmm. for mass, you know, there's a spectrum of cypherpunk to people who just want to earn extra money via a DeFi protocol of some kind. And like, I, I don't know the the fact that so much so much of the space, like the air in the room, is taken up by people cosplaying at being cypherpunk. 
is is kind of is interesting that's still where we are as a kind of marketing thing it's like like or, or even not necessarily cypherpunk but like oh this is going to change finance this is about freedom this is about collective ownership this is about yada 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 and it's like no unless everybody has an equal share it's not about collective ownership it's about whoever has the most money it runs the thing and the foundation by definition has the most money so um and then the people who have more money than them are the vcs so yeah yep. that's called you know that's called land owning and the people who live on land that is not theirs are called serfs so what you've invented is digital serfdom um yeah i don't know what that makes makes validators i guess we're digital serfdom digital serfdom what what are we we're like knights of the realm of the digital serfs do we when the serfs rebel do we put them down sounds <laughs> It's it's way it's way worse than that. It's gonna be this is my some, this is my thesis. This is my PhD. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, is the next year, five years of my life, people. <laughs> no, so um, although to be fair, so the the serfdom thing is not um, is not mine. That's actually Yanis uh, uh, Varoufakis, who is the Greek finance minister, uh, was using it. I was reading an article recently. He was using it in context of the big tech companies, and I was just thinking. Yep, that's a good description of something else I recognize. Uh, but hey, whatever. Let's do some news before we get out of here. Please. 14 minutes left to go. I'll read it since oh, Noel's going to read one. Uh, I got to go, man. I got a bit of a Stop. dumpster fire. Node related or like, is it the people just archives are down. <laughs> I, I have a life related dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing node related. But I, I, right. I go to bail. Yeah, I'll, I'll see you guys. Uh, Stick with King Nose. Bye. All right. <laughs> uh, Bear Chain was in the news this week because uh, there's some Bear Chain validators in here. But uh, Bear Chain Testnet feels the wrath of the. I'm reading. I hate reading Rama's text. <laughs> Listen, I'm just just for the for the for the record, any snark coming out of here. It's from the down under. Okay. So bear chain testnet feels the wrath of the cosmos bull market, unanticipated demand for bear coins and the honey pushed the testnet infrastructure and cosmos SDK to the limit. What even is bear chain question mark? Why do so many people want honey? I don't understand. Uh, so being uh, in this testnet and being involved in that team a little bit and same with Schultz, you can comment this in the wall. There was a pretty large structure. I think it actually was a lot of people just banging on the faucet and a bunch of other types of shit that hit a, either bears, uh, RPC nodes, or maybe others. Um, and there was some issues. And so that team's been doing a lot in terms of uh, working around gas structure, right? Um, and working on the mempool. And there's a whole bunch of different things that are they're basically tweaking to try to be able to solve this. So this has, I think, I think some of this original snark, um, not, not so much in this tweet that I'll put in the show notes. It's really just a, a screenshot from Smokey the Bear. But uh, some of the original snark was like, uh, was shitting on Cosmos or the Tenderman SDK or something similar to that, which is just a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> like, it's just a platform. That platform can be tuned for anything. We've seen uh, both in terms of the, the inscription crap going on this week within um, within the hub around 900 transactions in a single block every six seconds, as well as on the other side, on the safe side, when we have 100 to 200 transactions every 300 milliseconds, that tool set can do a bunch of different things. And so the idea that that bear chain or something else is going to be unsuccessful because of that is this, is this horseshit. Um, so every team makes trade-offs in terms of the settings and structure around how the chain runs and that team will figure it out. So anyway, 
I I do agree that the, the faucet the faucet had a lot of people on it. Which and one so, is Barachain? Um, Barachain is an oh Schultz, you gonna keep me accurate here. EVM compatible. Yeah. Well, let's correct. back up for a second there. It's it is EVM compatible, but it's EVM exclusive also. Bam. They, so EVM they chopped out all Cosmos transactions. So so the so the staking and the um consensus side is in Tendermint. And the application side is purely EVM. Is that right? I don't know if I'm saying that correctly or not, but that is the objective. And they they have a bunch of D, they have a bunch of DeFi. I hate to use that term, but whatever. A better one at the time of it right now. Um, and so so there's a bunch of DeFi based applications that sit on top of that. So um, we've actually been. I mean, uh, I know that that um, we've been. I've, I mean, I've been pretty impressed with that team so far, at least in terms of. What has been produced, I think the quality and the movement of development, um, the plans, I think it's it's pretty exciting, actually. So I'm excited to see kind of where that goes. I honestly had just thought it was a meme. I, I, Me too. I, I'm not even kidding. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, it's that meme that I don't understand because I'm a, a boomer and I'm trying to read fucking eight, eight to ten academic papers a week at the moment so that I don't look like a jackass at the end of the month. But yeah, yeah. It turns I, out I think, thing. huh? I think fair enough. Causeless arms are the same thing. I thought it was a meme from the bear market. I I did as well. I think I early on we got communication, everything else, and and um, as we've gotten involved in there, like it's a pretty professional organization. I think compared to some other chains that we work with, um, and um, so yeah, I'm excited about. I'm, I mean, I'm excited about the um, the pace and the quality of what's been done so far and i'm looking forward to what happens in the future so i think it's it's something that's going to be interesting to see what happens in 2024 one thing that's really interesting for barachain is that while it's like cosmos based they have no ibc and they don't necessarily intend to activate ibc which is utterly fascinating to me so they well they're a tendament chain are they a cosmos chain they are no no how can they be a cosmos chain like they're not any because they IBC would IBC, have to be, and they don't have the SDK, right? Yeah, correct. Right, they they ripped out the SDK, so they basically they have to home spin it, I believe. Or I mean, I guess they had to port this the those parts of the Cosmos SDK in. But either way, I think it's really interesting that they chose going with Tendermint basically and not committing to IBC. I think it. I think it's it's a it's a bullish case for for Tendermint in general or Comet BFT or whatever it's called now. I think it's pretty fun. I, I mean, the idea of not including IBC, I'm not sure where that's rooted in because it doesn't really take away anything from the chain, I don't think. But it is interesting to have a, a quote-unquote Cosmos chain that doesn't use IBC. <laughs> I think it's kind of fun. Well, uh, wait, yeah, there's that. But also, um, I, I don't think it's less that they are not including it and more that's not a priority yet. It's like it might be coming yeah. down the line, but it's not a main net priority. Which is just utterly yep. fascinating to me. It, it would be interesting to see, like, um, I haven't looked at that code, like what the structure of it is, whether they have the the SDK in there at all. Because if they have the SDK in there at all, um, in their state model, then they can include IBC relatively simply. Um, mm-hmm. My understanding is like one of the one of the bigger, more complex. So there's a whole bunch of like tech debt in the SDKs, um, IAVL stuff, basically, like how it persists state essentially to the chain and there was a persistent problem which i gather has like there's been a lot of refactoring work on it so i I wouldn't want to talk 
authoritatively on where it's at at the moment but there was a whole bunch of stuff uh, a while ago on trying to generalize out the state representation needed for things like because uh, ibc itself is just you know, obviously the protocol bit but the implementation of ibc um, as a reference implementation to make it more uh general uh, and you know obviously the idea of ibc itself is that your your state representation could be anything on the other side but the actual main go implementation obviously is closely tied uh, to to the the sdk and the way it manages um, state in that so it would be interesting to know if they don't have the sdk and they're you know basically just tendermint plus some of their other custom stuff on top uh what they have picked and chose uh, picked and chosen to sort of fill in the gaps that the sdk would normally sort of give you out of the box and then what they've um what they've had to what they would then have to shim in to get ibc working in fact you know a dead clue would be to look at things like um soft slashing and whatnot if the soft slashing is there and things like that then i think that's in x staking in x distribution is in its sdk functionality rather than tendermint functionality i don't think that it, slashing is a thing right now there's jailing certainly there's jailing but i don't think there's slashing at the moment well if there's if there's jailing i think okay shout out in the show comments if phrase wrong i I'm not sure. Well, so okay. So in, I can tell. So this is the level of nerd of nerd I can get to, but I'd have to remind myself of the code to be completely authoritative. In Ethan Buchman's original paper, it is specified that the implementation of Tendermint has the slasher. In in this case, we're talking about the Ethereum like Vitalik's idea for the slasher, which is soft slashing, uh, implemented within Tendermint the protocol. But I don't know if that was because that was early enough that there wasn't a separation of concerns from tendermint to um the sdk because my understanding it's been a long uh, it's been a minute now since i've looked at the innards of, of of an sdk application or indeed the the tendermint internals but from memory uh, that was where this the slash was on the sdk side rather than the tendermint side but i could be wrong i could be wrong um yeah my favorite other thing about um bookman's original paper is that it begins i shit you not an academic paper with i learned early in life from tony montana that a man has not has only two things uh his word and his balls and he break them for nobody wow <laughs> kind of set the bar pretty <laughs> high for my eventual phd thesis huh item number two introducing sir isaac neutron the telegram trading bot created by Jacob from Skip, buy and sell assets on chains that Astroport is deployed on, which right now is Neutron, Injective, Say, and Terra, soon to, to expand, I hear, a little birdie, uh, with fees going back to the Newt DAO. I can't believe that Game of Nodes is somehow involved in the shilling of Newt, but there you go. On episode 97, you heard it here first. I will put a link to Sir Isaac Neutron, if I'm spelling that correct, if I'm saying that correctly, uh, quick, uh, which is quick. a Telegram bot that has uh, that's coming soon. A quick question came out of the chat, uh-huh. or you two are both on, uh, respectively, on the Bearer testnet. I think it was mm-hmm. from Funky saying, "Is the testnet permissioned or permissionless, and is it worth joining?" It is permissioned. Um, you can see the docs. You can get see what we're doing, but they. 
they gate the binary pretty heavily and we don't even have access to the code itself. The repo. They just, re- yeah. yeah, we don't have access to the repo. We just, we, they just release um, binaries when they want oh, to. That's a shame. It. I wanted to have a poke around the repo after that discussion. Permission AF. For now, maybe it'll change. As foretold. As foretold, maybe. I don't know. It's good. So, yeah. So, anyway, so this, I'm on the wait list for this bot. Hopefully, I'm not sure if it launched yet. I'm waiting for a position or what's going on, but I kind of enjoy the idea of some AI front end to some wacky DeFi. So I'm looking to see how that how that works. It's exciting. Um, Skip team kicking ass across the board, man. That's what um, I was just about to say. Like once yeah, again, like, they rock it. Yeah. So I I, t- I just had a conversation like just this last week and and um, Skip team. Just like they're you know moving away from kind of like MEV and some of the just some of that core piping and they're just getting involved in a bunch of other things. And I think a while ago somebody was we were we were talking about that that um that video where somebody was bitching about like Jack at, at strange love. Remember that somebody put that like, Hey, they're involved in too much shit and blah, blah, blah. And all this type of stuff. And like just shitting on it because they're a, a capable team. Um, and skip is like, we, we, what we said, I think at the time was like, Hey, put together a great team, go solve great problems. And that problem goes away. It's not even a problem, but whatever that problem goes away because there's more capable teams delivering it. And skip is absolutely one of those teams. 